0: Um, so that, that is a lot of stuff to keep in mind as someone is writing the personal statement. How, how should a student start? How, how can they begin? How can they decide on a topic and and actually start writing? Hey there, my name is Lily and you're listening to Mindful Admissions, a podcast by Strive to Learn. This episode of Mindful Admissions covers a crucial component of the college admissions process, which is the personal statement. The personal statement essay is sort of the showstopper of the group, the big one, the one that can be the hardest to actually nail down as a student. I got to talk to Josephine earlier this week about how students can write it and what exactly makes a personal statement stand out above all others. We offered some written examples in this episode, so check out the podcast episode description to get links to any relevant materials that we used, and you can even read along with us if you'd like. All right. I think that about covers it. Let's go to me and Josephine. Hey, Josephine. Thank you so much for being here to talk about how to write the personal statement. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, This is something that I love talking about with you because we actually worked on my personal statement together uh, when I was applying to colleges. It's a very long process, but I actually, I had a really good time, even though my problem is that I tend to write too much, um, something that I've already been harpooned on this podcast for before. Um, even usually when I write you know, copy for the introductions for the podcast, I have to cut down so much until I get something under a minute. And it kind of feels like the same process that I have to go through with something like the personal statement. Um, But my problems are not the only ones that you've addressed. You've had so many students who've gone through this before. Uh, So for anyone who maybe hasn't gone through this process with a personal statement, would you mind telling us what it
1: is, um, who writes one, and and when? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the personal statement is basically your opportunity to show the college who you are, what your unique worldview is, and to go beyond grades and transcripts um, and, you know, just your resume. So it's really an opportunity to become a three-dimensional applicant, to come to life on that college Um, admissions officer's desk, right? They're reading through an application in two minutes. There are so many applications they have to read through. So the essay is really kind of there in lieu of an interview, since a lot of colleges can't interview everyone. Some have interview opportunities, but not all of them. To really go deep on who you are as a person, because they want to know who's coming to their campus, not just who is going to have which grades on which exams, but who's going to enrich campus life. What kind of student will you be in a classroom? Um, What are you excited by? What are your passions? What's a challenge you've overcome? They like to see things like resilience, um, passion, curiosity, intrinsic um, aspects of you that you can't really show anywhere else on the application. So it's really your opportunity. Opportunity to open that window into your soul to connect with the admissions officer who's reading your application um, and show them that you're going to be a really great addition to campus and to their community. Awesome. Um,
0: so that that is a lot of stuff to keep in mind as someone is writing the personal statement. How how should a student start? How, how can they begin? How can they decide
1: on a topic and, and actually start writing? So. A lot of students will be using the common application, um, commonapp.org to apply to their colleges. There are a lot of colleges that participate in the common app. So most students, when they write their personal statement are writing it for the common app prompts. They have seven prompts. um, And the last prompt is write an essay of your choosing um, about anything you want. And because of that, um, instead of focusing too much on trying to pick the right prompt, which one do they want to hear about, they don't care, by the way, there is no right prompt or or wrong prompt, Um, really focus more on yourself. What is something about you that makes you who you are? What is something about you that you couldn't live without? Or what is an experience that has shaped you into who you are now? And if you hadn't had that experience, you would be a really different person. Um, those are the kinds of questions you can ask yourself to figure out how to start and which topic you may want to write about. Um, so really focus on you, not on the prompt. That would be a really big one. But if you're super stumped, of course, you know, read through the prompts, see if there's one that kind of makes you think you wanna write about something specific. But what I found that students who even do that, um, They tend to, after a while, maybe even switch the prompt at the very end because their essay has turned into something else. Their story has shifted a little bit, what they wanted to talk about or the insight they have gained. So leave yourself that leeway of it becoming what it wants to become in a sense, um, because the primary goal is that it really reflects you and that it shines light on something that you can't see anywhere else in your application, right? So just don't use it. do's and don'ts, right? Here's a big don't. (laughs) Don't use your essay as a way to reiterate your resume or your grades. They saw your activities list, right? They they see your transcript, they know which classes you've taken. You don't need to enumerate, hey, I did this club for that long. I did this, this, and that. Um, They're going to be bored by that. They already know that. So just know that everything else on your application, they already know. So they want you to go deeper and they want you to be personal and vulnerable. They want to see something about the way you reflect on the world or the, the insights you have about the world or about your experiences that they cannot glean from any other part of your application. So, There are some brainstorming exercises that you can do to kind of get started. Um, And someone um, who does a really good job of that, and I want to give a huge shout out to is Ethan Sawyer. Um, Some of you may know him as the College Essay Guy. Uh, He has his own podcast as well. So definitely check out the College Essay Guy podcast. Um, again, his name is Ethan Sawyer. He has a wonderful website, college with a ton of free stuff. So I have to say, uh, starting this podcast was really inspired by the work that Ethan has done. I met him at a conference, um, a few years back and have seen him a couple of times since then, and have learned a lot from him actually, because he also teaches counselors, um, how, how to ha- use good exercises, et cetera. So, um, you know, We are not getting paid (laughs) to to show anything about him. I just really appreciate all the time and energy that he and his team put into putting free stuff out there. And I think that's so important. Um, So go check out his values exercise. Just Google. College essay guy values exercise and his essence object exercise. Those are two really short exercises that are kind of that kind of get the ball rolling. They're really great. He has YouTube videos on all of them. Um, Fun stuff. Now, when you dig a little deeper and you realize I have a really big challenge that happened to me, or maybe it's a challenge that might not seem giant from the outside, but is really was really important to you, right? Then write about it. It doesn't have to be a challenge that is like traditionally hard. It doesn't have to be that, you know, um, one of your parents passed away or or you lost everything in your home. Like it doesn't have to be something massive. It can be if that's what happened to you. But, you know, anything that was a challenge for you personally, that you dealt with and grew from is valid. You can talk about that. So if you decide you wanna talk about a challenge, then Google Ethan Sawyer or a college essay guy and feelings and needs exercise to get you started. Great brainstorming exercise. But if you don't have a challenge and instead you have a curiosity or you have an academic passion, something that you wanna to work towards, a dream you have, and you wanna talk more about the experiences that have shaped that dream or that uh, career that you might be pursuing, then you might want to look at um, the five things exercise. So you can Google that, five things exercise, college essay guide. So really think about what's something about you that is nowhere else on your application. Uh, that's really your starting point. And like I said, Ethan Sawyer, college essay guy, has a lot of free stuff on his website.
0: Awesome. And I want to add a disclaimer for anyone who who decides to go use the five things exercise or the values exercise or anything. They are unexpectedly emotional. (laughs) That was my experience of taking those little exercises and and trying to dig in because it's easy to hear you, Josephine, it's easy to hear you say, you know, this is an opportunity to dig deep and this is going to be something where that really reflects you and your values. It's like, okay, yeah, it does. Um, But I was like emotionally shook. (laughs) by having to actually engage in that and think about what really matters to me. So it felt valuable even outside of the lens of, of trying to write an essay. So yeah, I highly recommend it, but but prepare.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that you said that because I remember our first essay exercise, I had to close the door to my office and pull out the tissues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and you're not alone. I mean that, that means you're doing it right. Honestly. Yeah. You want to go some, like I always tell students don't have too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, work with someone, um, who understands what these essays, what makes these essays really good. Um, and you know, like an essay coach, like, um, you know, on our team or someone like Ethan Sawyer's team, whatever, um, work with someone who knows, this type of essay it's a very specific type of essay your college essay your personal statement Um, and then once you're close to being done then you can share it with more people but i have to say most of our students they kind of keep it close to the best because they talk about something that they haven't necessarily talked to their parents that openly about or definitely their teachers don't even know about it once i had a student um, actually who talked about his journey of being transgender and um He, his teacher said, you have to hand in your personal statement. I'm going to, you know, give you feedback. It's part of your grade. And this teacher had um, mentioned some, had made some transphobic comments in the past. So the teacher didn't know that he was trans. And so he was very uncomfortable with handing in his personal statement and even thought about writing a fake because he felt like he would get discriminated against if the teacher knows that about him. In the end, he's like, look, I'm so busy writing like 20 college essays. I'm just going to hand it in. And the teacher did not acknowledge um, how vulnerable he was. And I thought it was just a really big missed opportunity on that English teacher's um, part where, you know, I always thank my students for putting that trust in me and for showing their vulnerability Mm -hmm. um, to me through their essays and for allowing me to help them dig a little deeper. And I think they're, you know, take that space for yourself if you're a student. And if you're a parent or a counselor listening just be really grateful and understand that this has to happen on the student's time. Um, Just be, you know, hold a lot of gratitude for the level of vulnerability that these students are bringing to you. Um, It's, you know, I think it's a, it's a really great gift and it's important to honor that and respect that. Yeah. And it it is felt, (laughs) it's a great attitude. It is felt. Um, So as far as the structure of the essay goes, um, if you are writing about a challenge or a specific experience, you really want to focus on having a certain arc, right? I mean, you've heard about this in English. Um, You don't want to give it all away in the beginning, and you don't want to leave them hanging all the way until the end either, because then you're just bored most of the time, right? Um, So really think about, um, you know, what was your inciting incident? That's what we call kind of what set everything into motion when it comes to the experience that you want to talk about. Um, And then build, raise the stakes, raise the stakes, raise the stakes. So, you know, I'll this happened so I did this but then this other thing happened and so I did this and it made me realize x y and z but then this other thing happened so I did this so you see there's always a balance between like what is going on and how did you react and what insight what did you learn from it and then it culminates in your moment of truth where you know as far as character development goes that's kind of where you decide between your need and your want and you choose your need over your want and that is maybe something that you didn't know yet you needed when inciting incident happened when your challenge first started um and i'm not going to go into it because i'm going to hijack this whole thing if i go too into this um so i'm going to go into the opposite example if you're not telling a kind of a chronological story experience or challenge then you may want to create kind of a pinwall of your life style story um so it's also called a montage essay instead of a narrative essay, um, and the way you want to do it is you want to think of like a red thread. So let's say, um, let's say you've always wanted to. Um, become a psychologist, or maybe not always, but let's say you wanna to go to college because you wanna become a psychologist um, and you don't really have a challenge or anything you wanna write about or a specific experience that made you wanna become a psychologist, but a couple of different things made you realize, man, I would love to be a psychologist. So maybe you you know, took AP Bio and really loved biology, but you're also really extroverted and have a background in theater arts. Um, and because of that had to think your way into a lot of different characters. Um, Maybe um, you know you ha- dealt with um, anxiety and saw a psychologist, and the help that you got was also really um, you know really shaping in the sense that you wanted to help someone else. Maybe you also volunteer at a soup kitchen, which further um, allowed you to um, understand or, or realize and get in touch with that part of yourself that has a lot of empathy and really does want to help other people. So those are four different experiences that are disjointed, right? They have nothing to do with each other, except that they happen to you and that all of them give you a certain value that you that is important to you, right? Interest in science and biology. Um creativity and thinking your way into other people's minds, Um, working through a mental health challenge yourself and empathy, wanting to, so resilience is that third one, by the way, as far as value goes, and then empathy, really wanting to connect with others and help them. So you have these four values then that all lead to the potential of you being an awesome psychologist, right? So you can write your montage essay like that, doing one paragraph on each um, experience saying what you learned from it and how it kind of connects overall. And then in, at the end, in the very last paragraph, really talking about how all these different values come together and connect um, to really inform your passion of wanting to study psychology. So that's what we would call a montage essay. Um, and that's, that's the other option. Um, whether or not you choose the narrative structure, so the challenge, the arc, or the montage structure, more of the pinwheel of your life, you want to make sure that a third of your essay is about the experience. So that would be the challenge or the biology class or the theater arts, class, the theater um, exer- exercise. I cannot speak on a podcast, of course, or the theater um, experience that you've had. A th- the other third, the second third, should be about what you did within that experience. So what did you do about you know, getting involved in something? Or how did you react to a challenge? What did you do to get out of it? And then another third should be your insight, what you learned, right? How you grew, how it shifted something for you. What did you realize or recognize? It can be about the world. It can be about others. It can be about yourself. So that third, 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 I think is really, really important. And I'm saying a third, not like first, second, third, third, Um, more like a third of the total words you use in this essay can be, you know, the just describing the challenge or experience. Another third of the words, wherever they may be, should be about what you did about it, how you reacted, what you did in the experience. And the other third should be about what you learned. So that can be interlinked and dispersed, or it can be in, in that order. I hope that helps a little bit with structure. I know I'm giving you a lot of options, but that's a thing about this essay. Students are always like, oh, what about the hook, the intro, the body paragraphs, and the conclusion? This is a lot more creative. I've seen essays that were like three paragraphs, but still 650 words, which is your maximum on the Common App. And I've seen essays that were like 10 paragraphs and an actual dialogue happened in the middle. So this is really up to you, which structure lends itself best to really bring your challenge to life. So that brings me now closer (laughs) to your original question, Lily, um, the balance between show and tell. So let's reiterate a little bit. What makes an essay great? We have vulnerability. We've talked about that, right? You definitely experienced a lot of that, Lily. We want to see your values. That's why I said, do the values exercise by the college essay guy. Um, And I pointed some of those out, right? Maybe empathy, resilience, et cetera. We also want your insight or reflection. Right? That's kind of the, what you learned part. And of course, we would like some good grammar. We would like to be able to understand what you're saying. So using, you know, logical sentence structure um, and it just being very readable. Now, it doesn't have to be the greatest piece of literature ever crafted, but it should showcase your writing ability. So we want craft. That's number four. Now, how do we create all of this stuff um, and how do we make it accessible to the reader? I like to say, think of a documentary versus a fiction film. Yeah? If you're watching a documentary about something, you feel very informed. Um, you might see people who are going through a struggle and you might really feel for them, but you may not find yourself um, like crying or laughing out loud as much as if you saw a fiction film about the same topic, where basically you are living the story with the protagonist um, in the film. And I'm I'm sure we've all, all of our listeners here have had, um, you know, have gone to the movie theater and like, bawled or laughed, you know, until their stomach's cramped. So, so that's kind of what we want. We want to write this more like a fiction film, right? And so how do we do that? Um, You don't need to tell the whole time. You don't need to always tell the viewer, this is where I was, this is what I did, all of that. You can just plop them in there. So when I say show versus tell, showing would be to just start a scene in the middle of the scene, Versus telling would be to tell me, like, why am I there? What am I doing? All of that. Um, So same thing as in a fiction film. Oftentimes you start and you see someone like, let's say romantic comedy. (laughs) You see someone getting ready, putting on like blush, lipstick, checking themselves out in the mirror. And then suddenly they're at a party and they're like looking over and they catch... Um, you know, their their crushes eye and look away and you see they're nervous. So you've now learned a lot about them, right? You know that they're really into this other person. You know, they're at a party, all of that. Nobody told you what their name is. Nobody told you this. Their ner- the main character is nervous because their crush is there. Like you already get that, right? Because they just kind of plopped you in there. So that's what I mean when I say show. Now you shouldn't only show. You also need to tell us your insight. Yeah. But it's really strong when you can use showing style. So kind of plopping us in there and using sensory language um, to show your challenge or your experiences, because then we live that with you. And then you use telling style, like actually saying it, like being more on the nose about it um, for the what I learned about it, what my insight was portion. Uh, So that, that combo, has been really good. and I'm going to show you guys an example at the end today, um, so that you can really see how that works, but we're going to do an example right now, um, to see how can we do that. So let's do an example, Lily, um, together. So Lily, tell me about something that is new in your life, like in the last month, like what's something that is new.
0: Um, well, a couple of months ago, I, uh, started at a new college and I moved to Manhattan beach.
1: Awesome. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit more. Okay. So, so you moved to Manhattan beach, mm-hmm. you started at Santa Monica college, right? So tell me about that. How was that? So, uh, wow. Let me think. And I real quick, I'm going to be typing. So if you all hear typing in the background, that's just me taking notes. Cause that's my <laughs> learning style.
0: Um, okay. What, what have I done? Well, I started taking classes. Um, on August 31st, I started taking classes. Uh, I went to campus for the first time, which was awesome. Um, even last year, my first year of college, I was not on campus pretty much the entire time. Uh, got my books, school supplies, started making friends and, and talking with my professors. I'm a big believer in having good relationships with your professors. So I've started talking to them. Um, Another kind of non-academic part of that is I'm I'm now kind of living on my own. So buying groceries, being an adult. Uh yeah, that, that that's that's kind of it. It's a lot of independence and and yeah.
1: Okay, awesome. Um one last sec. Independence. Got it. Great. Took a lot of notes. Um okay, so now let me ask you some specific questions um about that experience um so you just mentioned that um it was your first time to go on campus can you tell me a little bit about that like what do you mean your first time you're a sophomore (laughs) uh well thanks to the uh
0: gestures broadly at the world um thanks to that uh i was online for the entire. First year of college, pretty much. Um, and I was attending a college that's on the East Coast. So I was living in California, doing, doing college from here.
1: Um, and how did, how did that feel?
0: Um, there were qualities of the education that were great um, because I did still feel like I was learning. But, you know, it was also very disconnected from the community that got to live on campus or attend classes in person. Which you know some people did to a certain degree, um, and so it it did feel very much like being on the other side of the glass from a group of people who were starting this kind of awesome part of their life, and I was still at home, not really experiencing the full range of <laughs> color and light and emotions and flavors and sensations that go with you know actually starting a new period of life. So, yeah, pretty isolating.
1: So when you walked on campus at SMC for the first time, what did you hear? What did you smell? Ooh, um,
0: well, I am a very anxious person by nature. And so I was worried about being able to find my classroom. So the day before classes started, I uh, took a friend with me to go to campus and find my classroom. I was just anticipating that there would be something wrong on the first day and I would be running with a cup of coffee in my hands and just like really you know breakneck speed trying to find the right room um and so the campus was actually empty the first time that I went it was just desolate the day before school started um very very clean like I remember that feeling was like very weird everything I don't think it had rained but I think somebody had kind of gone through and hosed everything off because <laughs> the entire campus was a little bit damp but it was like early evening kind of cool um everything felt very like clean and fresh it felt like a it felt like a new start which was great sounds a little cheesy but it did feel like a new
1: start and when you were on campus the first time with students there mm-hmm. um tell me a little bit about like, like- Let's think about like what you heard. Let's see if you like closed your eyes and thought about what what could you hear when you were on campus when it was full of students.
0: Oh, it was so great. I love hearing people like just, I mean, <laughs> everyone in college has opinions, which is great because you want opinions because they, they fuel like really good essays and things. Um, but it means that when you walk through campus, when you're at college, you get to hear a lot of those opinions out loud um so it was like i remember being there for the first day and like there there's a table of people who are arguing about the the lego ninjago universe uh i, I sorry i mean the the nondescript children's toy of ninjas i don't know if i'm allowed to say brands on a podcast um <laughs> I'm talking about that but arguing about it really loudly and passionately and then there's also people who are talking about like the books that they're reading That's really exciting or like a movie that they love and I just hadn't been like at that point it had been so long since I'd been in the middle of a group of people about my age just excited about talking about something in real life that I was kind of thrilled by that and um it was also a period of introductions for everybody. So it was a lot of just hearing and seeing other people kind of cross paths and be like, hey, I like your jacket. Like, what's your Instagram? Like actually seeing new friendships kind of form and hadn't participating in that, which was awesome.
1: And when you say like I was thrilled by that, like it sounds very like exhilarating almost like the first time you're in a group and I'm imagining like loud jibber jabber. Oh yeah. What did it feel like in your body? Like
0: Oh, well, head or
1: throat or, 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 or chest or stom- stomach.
0: Oh man, I, I wanted to, I was trying to be so cool. I was like, I, I picked out like a nice outfit and I was like, I want to look cool and then I'll make friends who are cool because they'll think I look cool. Um, but I was trying really hard not to like move around too much or like twiddle my thumbs as I was sitting down. And like, I, I, I was very excited. It was really just like feeling super full of energy and very anxious as well, but that was kind of second tier anxiety compared to just like the buzzing excitement that I had about being, about being on campus.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to call it right now because we could go on and on. Um, (laughs) so, okay. So I just did this little experiment because, um, um, I mean, I, I do want to go on and actually, let me ask you a couple more questions. I'm so sorry. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, why was that meaningful to you? Oh man,
0: it's something that I've had my entire life. I mean, I went to a very small school with a very close knit community. And so I had people around me who I basically grew up with for 15 years or so, um, where I was able to have those experiences of just being in a group and being excited about something um so when COVID hit and then when I started college the first year of college in 2020 um that was the first year of my life pretty much that I hadn't had that community and that feeling so it's definitely something that has been missing from my life uh and getting it it felt like I was getting it back yeah it felt like it was getting it back and how did that make you feel Oh man, emotional. (laughs) Um, Yeah. it. it, Everybody wants some semblance. This is a broad statement. I feel like everybody wants some semblance of normalcy. Like over the past 19 months, everybody's been like, I really want things to go back to normal. Like I didn't value normal enough when it was here. (laughs) And so it feels like the beginning of my life kind of going back to normal, but, but combined with this, like moving forward, which I really value. Like I, I, I have a lot of goals and a lot of things I want to accomplish. And this feels like forward motion for the first time in a while.
1: That's awesome. And why is that important? Like, why should I care about that? Um, why do you care about this, that? As, as you moving are forward. officer. <laughs> Like, why is that important to you feeling like you're moving forward? Why does it matter? I, I feel like I can do really good things for
0: other people. I care a lot about making other people's lives better. It matters a lot to me and I, I don't want to live a life or have a career where I'm not doing something that makes other people's lives better. Um, there's not a lot that I can do right now as I am at 19 (laughs) living in my aunt's garage and going to college to like make others lives better Um, but my hope is that by going to school and and starting a career I will be able to do that one day so this feels like it's the first step in that in that process and I think that's why you should care because I could make your life better boom college essay right there
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay awesome thank you so much for letting me use you as a guinea pig um especially because you know obviously we didn't rehearse this or practice this um which is why it actually took longer than i thought but it makes sense because when i'm in sessions with students um time flies right and we're trying to do this podcast in under an hour so i'm like oh my god looking at the clock (laughs) i never do that during a session so i just want to point out that Um, when I first asked you to tell me about, um, starting at SMC and moving to Manhattan beach, um, you told me the following, and this is verbatim. I I did a lot of typing. You said, I moved to Manhattan beach and started at a new college. I started taking classes, August 31st, went to campus for the first time, which was awesome. Um, I'm... I went to campus for the first time, which was awesome. I made friends um, and I started talking to professors. Um, also I'm living on my own now, buying groceries, being an adult, and it's a lot of independence. So that was a very good example of like telling me, right? Mm-hmm. Now I factually know what happened in your life. Like, it's like a, sounds like a resume. Like I did this, then I did that, then I did that. So he, here's here's a, oh, oh, here we go. I could just, I just came up with a good analogy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, it's like a recipe, right? If I want to live Lily's life, I just need to do those things. I need to move to Manhattan Beach. I need to start at SMC. I need to take classes starting August 31st. I need to go to campus for the first time and think it's awesome. I need to make friends. I need to talk to professors. I need to live on my own, buy my groceries, be an adult, and have independence. Great. I now have a recipe for your life. I can become you. <laughs> um, now, terrifying. we all love recipes. <laughs> we all love recipes right but some people love the story around a recipe and that's why there's so many bloggers out there who tell a story of their life or of where a recipe came from and then you can skip it right you can click skip to recipe and it skips to the bottom (laughs) and and you can just bake the cake right Or you can learn about why baking the cake is meaningful to that blogger if you read the whole thing and that's really what we're going for in a personal statement i don't just want to know how to become lily I want to know why should I care about becoming Lily? Like, what did it mean to her, right? And I think we really got to the meat of it towards the end of my severe questioning. So let me read you kind of the the main gist um, or the summary of this experience now. The second version you gave me with all my questions. Um, Okay, so I... You know, I asked you, tell me about when you started. So um, thanks to the pandemic, I studied online for the first year of college. Education, The education was really great, but it was also really disconnected from the community that got to live on campus. It felt like being on the other side of the glass, and I wasn't experiencing the full range of colors and flavors and smells. Okay, you've set up the challenge for us right there, right? We feel with you. You're not just like, I did online learning, and it wasn't fully my thing. You didn't just tell me. I can really feel it. I feel like I'm on the other side of the class with you. Glass. At SMC, um, when I went to campus the first time, um, I'm a very anxious person because I'm, so I was super worried about finding a classroom. So the day before classes started, I went to find my classrooms. The campus was completely empty and desolate. It was really, really clean, which was a very weird feeling. The entire campus was a little damp. It was early evening. It was kind of cool and clean and fresh, which was actually like a new start, as cheesy as that sounds. So that was kind of cool because I felt like I was on campus with you because I don't, you know, if I don't know SMC or if I just know Santa Monica, I wouldn't think it was would have been cool, clean and fresh. So that was that was a really neat tidbit. I can now like feel the fresh air on my skin like I can breathe it in. I really feel with you. Then you said I love hearing people just Um, Everyone in college has opinions, which is great, but it means that when you walk through campus, you get to hear a lot of opinions out loud. People arguing about Lego Ninjago really loudly and passionately, books they're reading, movies they love. It had been so long since I'd been in the middle of a group of people my age. I was thrilled by that. I was trying to be so cool, picked out a nice outfit, but I was trying really hard not to move around too much or twiddle my thumbs, feeling really full of energy and very anxious as well. Buzzing excitement, of course, through me. So that was a lot of vulnerability right there too, I think, because you're like, Ooh, I was not just looking cool. I was trying to look cool, which actually, <laughs> you know, is a lot of vulnerability there. Um, and all of us have been in that situation, right? Where we feel like, er, I'm the new person. <laughs> like this is an unknown situation and I just really want it to go well. Um, so we get that vulnerability here and are really feeling with you. Then you said, I've had that my entire life, I that kind of community. I went to a small school with a close-knit community. So being in a group and excited about something is something I always had. But when COVID hit, that was the first year of my life where I didn't have that. Um, so on campus the first time, I felt like I was getting it back. It felt really emotional. Everyone wants some semblance of normalcy. And I didn't value normal enough when it was here. It feels like the beginning of my life coming back to normal, but also moving forward. I can do really good things for other people. I care a lot about making other people's lives better. There's not a lot I can do right now as I'm 19 and living in my aunt's garage, but my hope is that by going to school and starting a career, I'll be able to do that. So now we know why we should care. Like, why should we care about what it felt like to go back after COVID? We've all gone back to someone, something after COVID, but you just wove in like a really big value of wanting to create change, of wanting to be, you know, an activist and um, someone who's really there for other people and makes the world a better place. So now I really care about your story, right? Even though you told me at the end, I understand your values. I've seen your vulnerability and I can really see like, wow, like she, is really excited about this and I know why it was really specific to your situation in that way. So I hope you could all hear the difference between the first version and the second version and I really invite you to like go back and see what questions did I ask Lily along the way to get her to think more deeply and share more vulnerability and Connect it more to her values. Because those are the questions. If you write those all down on a piece of paper, and I'm going to repeat them again after um, I finish this tidbit. Um, And you ask yourself that after every like sentence or paragraph you write. Because you heard, right? When I read it out loud, I didn't tell you which questions. I just said it in the order she said it based on the questions I asked her. So really using those questions to get yourself to think deeper. Asking yourself a lot like, well, why? Like, why did I feel this way? Or, or how, how did I do that? Um, why is this meaningful to me? Why does it matter? Why should anyone care? Like, how has this made me a different person? Those are the kinds of questions, the whys and the hows. Yeah, And you can scroll back and think about and, and see which exact questions I asked. But those like six I just said, those are gonna really ask yourself that at the end of every single paragraph. And that's really gonna get you to dig a bit deeper. Okay, awesome.
0: <laughs> really wishing that I didn't choose to go with Lego Ninjago, but uh, yeah, as you said, evidence that we didn't rehearse. <laughs> so another really important step in this process something that I struggle with as we know <laughs> um, is how to revise the essay. What advice can you give to students about revising the first draft of their essay and you know subsequent drafts until they get to the final product?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say writing is rewriting. Don't think you're going to write your essay in one draft. (laughs) Um, I really don't know any students who have written their essay in one draft and thought, wow, this is the best it could ever be. And it's totally me. And it's everything I ever wanted the college to know about me. The first draft is really just focusing on content. Try to get it out, right? Don't worry about how, the grammar you're using, the vocabulary you're using. You should see my first drafts of things. My first draft have so much red underlined because I like to type fast. So I flip my letters and words, right? Um, they I, I tend to reuse all these words. I say, therefore, 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 like all all the time. Don't worry about it. When you're writing your first draft draft, really focus on the content, focus on your insight, what you did about it, your experience. Focus on showing and telling and finding a balance there. Focus on digging deeper by asking yourself those why and how questions. Don't go back to fix a spelling mistake if you're in the flow of writing. Just keep writing, keep pushing yourself to think. Um, Then once you feel like, oh, okay, I feel like I've ended my essay. I don't know yet if I like my ending. I don't know if I like how I started, that's okay your ending and your beginning, those oftentimes fall into place towards the final draft, okay? So don't even worry about it. If you don't know how to start, just start somewhere and don't think of it as the beginning. Just feel like I'm starting at some point and later I'll figure out how to start it. Um, so first focus on content. Once you're happy with your content, which it usually takes two or three drafts for my students to be really happy with their content and what their essay is saying, because it takes a while to dig deeper on those values um, and on that insight, especially. Once you're happy with your content, then you can take a look at structure. So that's where you think about, okay, well, maybe I want to start it differently or, ooh, I started this way. Maybe I could bookend um, the ending and start it, like end it in the same way that I started, but with a new outlook on life. Um, that could be cool. You don't have to, it's just an option. Um, so so that's what I call structure. So really thinking about, am I telling these things to the reader in the order that it makes most sense in or should i flip a couple things maybe i want to you know fast forward and give like a glimpse into the future in the beginning and then tell the backstory you can get creative there with structure don't worry about it on your first drafts just once your content is there and then once you're happy with your structure and you've gotten it within word count then focus on craft Find those repeated therefores (laughs) that I always have. Um, You know, check for repeated words. If you feel like you're repeating a word, hit um, command F or control F and type the word in, and then it'll light up in your essay. And you'll see, oh my gosh, I have used this word 10 times out of the 650 words I have. That's too much, right? Don't use a word more than once in a paragraph. Um, I mean, unless it's the, a, is, and, right? Um, But any big vocabulary. Um, Also think about, hmm, if this sentence feels a little convoluted and wordy, maybe there is some vocabulary that would make it feel a little more specific, right? This is the time when you may want to have someone proofread it, someone whom you trust with the content of your essay. So really make sure to go through that. And so I want to take the time. I hope we have the time. Um, Lily, do we have the time to go through a first draft versus a final draft? Anything for you, Josephine. Let's, let's Okay. It. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we are going to read a first draft um, of one of my students from uh, 2016. If you're listening, you know who you are. We are going to link this, the first and last draft, um, under the podcast. Um, So you should be able to see this if you're more of a visual person and don't want to just hear me read it out loud. But um, I'm going to read out loud the first draft that she delivered me. Um, And this was a while ago. Um, She knows who she is um, and gave us permission to use this here. So let's hold some space for her as we um, read through this. There have been many times in my life where I've fallen victim to the violent and overwhelming emotions inflicted upon me by my anxiety. There have also been many times when I have asked the reason for the persistence of these emotions in my everyday life to which I have received mostly unsatisfying answers. My anxiety I assume has amplified over the years as a result of the many experiences I have encountered in different parts of my life, at home in every friend group I've belonged to and sometimes in every school day. Okay, so here we have a paragraph that kind of introduces what it's going to be about. Um, There's a lot of telling, right? No showing. We can't really imagine her. We don't really know what situations um, specifically she has felt like this. Um, But we do know in general at home with friends and at school, right? She has anxiety. So it's a lot of words to be pretty vague at this point. Um, So that's one way to think of it, right? If you only have 650 words, how can you be more specific from the start so that we learn as much as possible? Um, because you don't wanna spend your whole essay writing about the challenge. Okay, let's keep reading. To give you an idea of how detrimental these effects have been on me in the past, I will provide a couple of examples. In eighth grade, I had an oral presentation of on Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck, from which I had to cite only one quotation and explain its significance. When I stood up to speak, my mind went blank as I read and frequently stuttered a couple of lines from the novel. I then proceeded in dropping my book due to my incapability of holding it through the duration of my tremors, which triggered in me a very overwhelming sensation of embarrassment and shame. Another instance in which my emotions took control over of my behavior occurred for the entirety of my junior year. I'm going to pause here real quick. She's going into a second example. It's still the same paragraph, right? So maybe she wants to break it here. And on that first example, I'm kind of intrigued the durations of my tremors and I'm intrigued. What does that mean? Does it mean she's shaking? Uh, you know, what was her experience like? So although she's giving us a specific example, I don't, I still don't quite feel like I get it. I haven't experienced this. And so how do I really know what she felt like? It seems like she's having, you know, maybe a panic attack or something. She's embarrassed. She feels shame. She has tremors. But it's not completely clear to me. I can't really picture it, right? So so there's a lot of opportunity in there that if she just kind of makes her wording more precise, more specific, and takes us there more, um, we could get a lot more out of of that. And we could connect a lot more with, with her struggle in that instance. Okay, moving on. Every day after second period, the students at my school are given a 10-minute time period to eat a snack or use the restroom, which they have instead chosen to use for socializing. I should also mention that at the time, I had about two close friends at the school due to the constant judging and backstabbing that took place. So one day, towards the beginning of the school year, the bell rang for break, and all the students, including me, poured out of their classrooms and headed for the locker area in hopes of meeting with their friends. To my disappointment, neither of my two friends were anywhere in sight, and so I stood awkwardly and anxiously praying that the time would go by quicker. My excessive fear of the event recurring inspired me to skip socializing at break for the remainder of the year and sit in my third period classroom alone. My frequent absence led to a falling out between me and one of my two friends, which I took very hard. The rest of the year was one of the worst of my life and I had perpetual difficulty with holding tears most days. Okay, so here we really see the challenge, right? Um, But something that's missing is the, the insight or the really what she did about it, right? It's just a lot of shit going on, basically, pardon my language, like a lot of crap that she's dealing with. But we don't really know what she's doing to try to make it better. And we do want to see that there must be something she's doing, right? Even if it's small things, even if she's just, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see in the next draft if she found out um, what she's doing. But, you know, at this point, we are, um, you know, Oh, over halfway into the essay. So two-thirds of the essay have passed, and it's still about the challenge. I haven't really seen her do anything about it, and I haven't really seen her gain any insight or learn anything about it from it. So, you know, although I'm like, wow, this challenge is really rough, and I do understand the severity of it, I really want to know how she grew through it, right? I, I don't want this to just you know pardon my language be a pity party which i'm being really harsh right now because you know i need to get to the point quickly and i i know this student so well and i knew she had done a lot to challenge that situation and i couldn't see that in the essay so i was like really 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 like dig deeper and tell me more about what you did right okay now let's move to the next portion although anxiety has been and still is a very prevalent problem in my life there are things it has helped me to do that I'm very grateful for, and I'm learning to cope with the effects it has on me. Ah, so now we know there's a shift, right? So now I'm excited to hear about that. When I was in fourth grade, I distinctly remember my parents' attempts to ingrain in me a need to try harder in school, since 10-year-old me was apparently finding it unnecessary. It was not until middle school that I learned good grades were easily obtainable through my parents' persistence in pressuring me and my high susceptibility to stress. Without knowing it, I quickly developed newer and higher standards for myself, resulting in a 4.0 unweighted GPA and greater self-esteem. Keeping my grades up hasn't always been the easiest thing to do, but it has been something that I've gained a lot of self-awareness from and something that has taught me about the importance of hard work. Okay, so we know she's really good at school and where that comes from, but it seems like there's no real intrinsic motivation, right? It seems like it's because my parents forced me to, and I guess now that's what I'm doing. So, and it, it talks a lot about being 10 years old, right? And then going through middle school. So I'm still kind of like, man, but you know, you're a junior, you're 16, maybe 17. And I really want to know more about who you are right now, not just like who you became six years ago. Um, So, so this is kind of, you know, veering away from the challenge and just saying, oh, I guess there was one good thing that came from it. All right, let's read the last paragraph. Along with the confidence I developed through my efforts in school, I realized some important social aspects that can be explained simply with the phrase quality over quantity and treat others how you would like to be treated. My anxiety showed me the importance of a reliable friend who was able to return the love I invested into our friendship, which then helped me to leave behind those who weren't willing to do so. It also taught me not to make assumptions or judge others, which has made me more loving and much happier. Without my anxiety, I may never have taken pride in my schoolwork and developed the strongest and most persevering relationship with my best friend, Sarah, or become the humbled and open-minded person I am today. She said a lot in that last sentence. A lot of stuff that I haven't really seen, right? Like she she mentioned her friend, Sarah, and she did talk about friends earlier, but I would love to know how, how did she develop the strongest, most persevering relationship? Why? Why does this matter to her, right? She talks about taking pride in her schoolwork. I'd like to know a little more about that. Maybe it's about more than just her parents pressuring, but she hasn't told me that, so I can't assume that, right? Um, she also talks about being humbled and open-minded. I don't really know how she became open-minded or what that actually means to her. What does open-minded mean to her? And why does it matter? So there's a lot of stuff in here where I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm on the edge of my seat and I want to know more, but the essay has ended and I didn't get my questions answered. So those those are the big things that could be better. Now, this was a great first draft. I have to say, this is one of the best first drafts I've ever read. Um, And so, you know, I'm telling you how can you make your essay awesome amazing (laughs) not how to just write an okay draft right this was an okay draft this was a good draft but I just see so much more potential in this essay so let's read through the final draft I think I'm just going to read through it without commenting on it and so that you can really kind of feel the full effect this is nine drafts later I might say (laughs) words swimming blurring together Beautiful shapes, chemistry, brain, stop. I took a deep breath and refocused my attention on my test, only to find blood smeared across the page. I had picked my cuticles raw. I tried my hardest not to cry, but in that moment I felt toxic to myself and severely out of control. I turned in my test and went home. When I first started attending fake high school, FHS, I imagined invigorating classroom experiences and possibilities of new and exciting friendships. However, FHS was nothing like I thought it would be. Within the first year, I lost almost all of my friends to the insanity that took place in the popular crowd. It was a type of social competition that I could not force myself to take part in. This did not exactly work in my favor. On a daily basis, those cliques scoffed at my clothing and appearance. Blatant snickering accompanied my every move. I soon learned to permanently secure my eyes on the floor. I hid in classrooms during breaks, hoping to avoid the panic that often suffocated me. I became so self-conscious that I developed a severe condition of social anxiety as if to give my critics more ammunition. I frequently resorted to the habit of destroying my nail beds to divert my attention away from the frenzy within me. The day my blood stained the unfinished AP chemistry test that I of course failed, I finally noticed how out of touch with myself I had become. My anxiety had taken full control of who I was. Worry and doubt diminished my passion for school. I had always believed that I could be happy in college, far away from the stifling rat race. I failed to see that I was the ultimate cause for my my own destruction. I knew that if I was my own problem, then I could definitely be my own solution. However, it often seemed impossible to keep my negativity at bay. I began trying to approach situations with optimism and open-mindedness, and eventually I discovered Buddhism. Through continual study and practice, Buddhism has allowed me to effectively deal with the internal and external negativity in my life instead of succumbing to it. Many people are so quick to judge others' opinions and beliefs simply because they don't agree with their own. However, there is great value in analyzing what others say to form a deeper understanding of who they are and what they believe. As I became more aware of my own potential, I also started recognizing it within others, even in the very people I used to blame for my failures. I was able to see the lack of truth and reason behind the dull and hurtful comments that made me see myself for so much less than I was. I realized that loneliness was never forced upon me. It was a choice I made. Today, I still struggle with social anxiety. However, I no longer choose to escape. It's my last year at FHS and I finally have the courage to open up to the students around me. I know now that I have the ability to create a deeper sense of happiness in my own life, as well as in others. As soon as I made the effort to open my heart and mind to those around me, I became friends with some truly amazing people who only inspire me to keep doing so. Instead of waiting for my environment to make me happy and letting that turmoil determine my emotions, I've become a positive force of change in my present self and situation. What do you think, Lily? This is the first time you're seeing this essay.
0: It is the first time it, it it does feel, I mean, nine drafts later. Wow. I want to acknowledge that because yeah. Got some stamina right there. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I think nothing in the first essay compares to the, the imagery in the second essay. Um, and the absolute feeling of like, wow, I am, I'm there with you. <laughs> I'm experiencing what this person is experiencing. Um,
1: what made and, you feel like you're there with her?
0: Well, I mean. What we, are some
1: specific examples right here?
0: We we dive right in immediately. There's no like, I mean, not, no um, context because that's offered later in the essay, but the first line, I mean, we are taking this test with this person while their cuticles drip blood on the page. So it, it's, um, as you said, we're in that first scene of the rom-com where the person is already just, putting on makeup and going to the party. It, there's no, um, well, when I was five years old, I started to, which like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so that right away. And then, um, it, it doesn't feel as repetitive. I think is another, is another good, um, change as some of the the first draft was like three sentences
1: grouped together that were kind of the same sentence a couple of times. So, yeah, she was repeating a lot, right? Yeah. The, so you're like, okay, I got it. And now I want to hear more, yeah. but you're telling me again. So actually that's a really great thing to point out. If you say it once, the reader knows it. So yeah. just, just trust that they they know how to read and they will, they have good memories and they're going to remember if you said something once. So you don't need to repeat it in different wordings several times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they will, they will know that you wrote it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it also, there's nothing here in this final draft that kind of feels like a loose end there There's no like mention of tremors and then not mentioning it again. <laughs> Everything here is mentioned and then addressed.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and she she wrote a lot about her shift in her her how she composes herself, right? and how she feels like the world and she are interacting. She's yeah. taking a lot of responsibility here, even though it's such a debilitating um, mental health challenge that she's facing she's also owning up that she actually has power. So we see a lot of insight and growth in that um, and see what came of it too, right? What she did about it, discovering Buddhism and making that shift. And really, these are small things, right? Not everything changed. She said she tried to start approaching situations with optimism and open-mindedness, right? That's a small, seemingly small thing, right? Cause you can't see it from the outside, but it was really big thing for her from the inside.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, she told me about this. I'm like, You should write about it. She's like, oh, I can write about that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, We did the, I think we did the essence objects exercise. This was like six years ago, mind you. Um, The essence objects exercise from Ethan Sawyer. And I think one of her essence objects was her blood stained um, chemistry test. So I had a lot of questions about that. <laughs> and then she realized, wow, that does really quickly show just the severity of my anxiety. Um, you know, I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting my own um, education and I can't control it. I'm out of control. Um, now, I, that, that, the way it started with the chemistry test, that came on like draft eight out of nine, I have to say. This exact thing um, used to be down here where it says right before the day my blood stained the un- unfinished AP chemistry test. And it used to just start with the second paragraph. When I first started attending my high school, I imagined X, Y, and Z. So this way we already know like, oh, so it didn't quite go as you imagined. So we get drawn in more, we're like, but why? Like, I really wanna know more about this now, right? Um, so I could go on and on about this. Um, you know, Comment on this. Um, let us know if you have any questions um, about the specific essay. Um, you know, would love to answer more, but I know that we have to start wrapping it up. I do know you have um, like two more questions for me, I believe. I do,
0: well, I wanted to add first of all, that those uh, sample essays, the first draft and the the ninth, ninth draft uh, will be available um, at the link in the podcast description. So for anyone who'd like to read along with us, uh, feel free. It will be available to you. Um, So another question that I was really curious about um, because this comes up a lot in just college writing in general, not even necessarily with the personal statement. Um, How much should a student assume about the reader? What, What do readers want to hear?
1: So I always say, don't assume they know anything about how you feel or what goes on inside you. Pretend they're a blank slate. Pretend... So, so just know the average age of readers, I think is between 25 and 27. So these are not, you know, like I, I'm just going to say like old stuffy professors <laughs> reading That's <about> the total <laughs> the stereotype you're
0: looking for is boomers, Josephine.
1: Uh, yes. So yeah. it's someone who is closer to you in age than you think. Um, so, so that's cool. And then pretend that they just don't know anything except what they've read about you in your college application. So they've read your letters of rec. They've seen your transcript. They know which APs you took. They've seen your um, activities list, all of that fun stuff. Um, and now they're reading your essay, but they don't know anything else because they don't bring their own bias to it. So let's just assume that. So that also means that they don't know what what you mean in quotation marks, unless you say it. You have to say what you mean. Don't just imply it. Um, so you know, put your finger on it. Just go for it. That's the telling portion where you really want to just go and tell them your insight. Tell them, I learned that I'm in control of my own situation. Don't think they'll get that from you just because you said you started practicing Buddhism, right? Like actually say that. Um, That's really important. So don't assume they know anything except what you tell them, but do know that they know the context of your life through the rest of your application.
0: Well, um, I would really appreciate it before we, before we head out, if you have any final advice you'd like to give any final words of wisdom, I'd love to hear it. I don't
1: know if it's wisdom, but I do have one last piece of advice. Um, Go deep, not wide. What do I mean with that? Don't talk about a hundred thousand different things. Pick a few, pick one, two, three, interlink the different parts of what you're talking about, interlink those parts of your life to become one whole and go deep on your insight about that. Only you can tell us how these different puzzle pieces of your life fit together to have formed your unique self, right? So tell us that and, and make sure to not just skim the surface on a lot of different things, but choose few things or choose one experience and go deep on what you did about it, what you learned and what insight you created. I always like to think of like, okay, so I'm Josephine today. Let's think about Josephine two years ago. How am I different now because of the experiences I've had in the last two years? I can, I'm definitely different. I'm also the same to some degree, but I've definitely grown. So let's pinpoint that, right? What has allowed me to grow and why, and why is it important? Why does it matter? And why is it meaningful to me? So really think of like, who would I be if I had not experienced this? That'll allow you to dig deeper on who am I actually now that I want to share in this essay. Amazing. What
0: do you mean? Not wisdom. That was wise. Couldn't (laughs) have been more wise. Thank you thank you so much for spending time with me and talking about this. It's always a pleasure and I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Lily. You are, thank you for letting me write your, um, your... I started going to SMC essay. I loved it. <laughs> thank you so much for being my guinea pig on this. Um, yeah, love to be here. Thank you.
0: No problem. Hope we don't get sued by the Lego Corporation. But oh, now
1: people will look it up for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening.
0: As we continue to produce episodes of this podcast, you can follow along on our website, www.strivetolearn.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe. As we're launching this podcast, we'd appreciate any support you can give, including likes, downloads, shares, and good reviews. Got something you want to learn about? Ask us questions in the comments or DM us on Instagram at strive to learn tutoring. Get the latest updates on the college admissions world and be the first to receive exclusive offers when you subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website www.styly.com. Thanks for sticking around and I'll see you next time.